Summertime at my house with a seven-year-old that she loves to read. And so she has this whole gamut of books she's gathered together and is really trying to work on, you know, she wants to read all of them this summer. And I think it's like 12 little books or something. So she came into me one day just last week and said, hey, dad, I was reading in this in this green book. And I, I didn't know which one she was talking about. And I... I got to the back of it and it was on or it was in sex and it was disgusting. And I was, what are you talking about? honey? I mean, I was just like, what? What? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. What book are you talking about? And so she showed me and it was insects, not uh. in sex. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's so funny. <laughs> but it is one of those things that, yeah, okay, some insects can be gross and disgusting. And I guess there's some parts of sex that can be gross oh. and disgusting. So this is Sexy Marriage Radio with Dr. Corey Allen and Gina Paris. And we are glad you are here with us again. Welcome. Yeah. If this is your first time here, we've got a lot of new listeners. And we want to just invite you to sit back, pour yourself a cup of coffee or a tea or soda or water or wine or beer whatever it is that you want and just kind of relax and enjoy the next 30 minutes together as we go through married sex and all that that entails the good the bad the ugly yeah we like to help it go from bad and ugly to good actually and you can find us at sexymarriageradio.com and we hope you will and one thing that we love is when people tell us i just found your show on itunes and i've listened to it Ten episodes already. <laughs> Love working it. my way through. Love it. I think actually if you can stand Corey and me after several solid hours of our voices, then you get some kind of prize. I don't know what though. Yeah, I don't know what that prize would be either. Better sex. Know, but it's better yes, sex. That's what the prize hopefully is. Hopefully it's that because we're impressed that you're that committed. Yep. But so, send, you can um, also send us emails, feedback yes. at sexymarriageradio.com. You can call us, 615-56-SEXY6. And as Gina alluded to on iTunes, leave us a review. Even if it's bad, leave us a review. We want to hear what's on your mind, what you like, what you don't like, and how this thing can be better. Uh, we believe in you. Absolutely. So as we dive into... Insects. 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 Wow, that's an odd combination. Um <laughs> But seriously, I want to talk about how th there's, a, there's a, a recurring theme or a recurring question that it doesn't necessarily come up in the emails uh, specifically, but it comes up in, like I'm getting a, ch a chance to teach a class at my church this summer. So for 12 weeks, I get to talk about marriage, and that's just great. So, but it, it's coming up in there. I hear it from simple marriage readers of this whole idea of the high desire, low desire, of the, you know, sex is okay, or we're kind of roommates, so sex is very functional, and that's all it is. There's nothing beyond it. It's just kind of mercy sex almost. And so mm -hmm. I guess to kind of sum it up, how do you take sex that could be bad or mercy sex or just going through the motion sex and make it something better. 
something deeper, something stronger, something more erotic, more involved, more engaged, and in turn heighten the desire of both parties. Because typically one person is leading the charge for wanting something better, and the other is reluctant or Averse. Averse to it even. Yeah, they're just kind of, I don't want to, I'm not interested, This I get nothing out of it, and it's not even just specific acts, it's kind of the whole thing. Well, a lot of times it is specific acts. We, I, I get emails for sure. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, since so many listeners identify to me as the all those years that I was definitely the low desire mate, um, I I'll always have a heart for moving from aversion to arousal or just overcoming the frustrations there. So, okay. you know, the first thing that I would say is to make up your mind that because we hear all this, well, we love each other, but this is the only area that's wrong. You know, it's the only area that's messed up. You have to come to a point where you're willing to put a line in the sand and say, you know what? Love without passion is not an option. Love without action is not an option. Yeah, love without action and action without passion. It's really, it's, it's, it's not, yeah. it's not the real thing. Yeah. So, so, it's, so in essence, what you're saying is, you got to get past the fallacy you're telling yourself that yeah, the marriage is good, yeah. and when in fact it's not. It's in pain. It, your most intimate life is in pain. Then your your life is in pain. Right. And so. It's not saying that it's miserable, chuck it all, move on. It's more saying just come to grips with the honest truth of what's going on. With with the fact that yes, there's it's a stable relationship and keep that in mind. It is a stable relationship. Yeah. So any any kind of change for good or for bad is going to disrupt things. It's going to be uncomfortable. Yep. One of my friends says it so perfectly. She calls it the moving stupids. And she said, you know, when we bought a new house, and this is definitely true in my house, we have so many doors. And it's a beautiful house. We wanted a five-bedroom house near the golf course and all, all that it entails. But when we first moved here, we were constantly felt feeling stupid because it was so new. We'd open a door thinking it was the bathroom and it's the closet. <laughs> and, you know, just just... It was out of sorts, even though it was exciting and it was new. It's okay to feel like you've got the moving stupids. All of a sudden, you, you're not comfortable and it's right. a little bit unstable. Right. It was because you've, you've stepped into a world of uncertainty. If you yes, start but, moving things towards even better, you know, better or worse, doesn't yeah. matter. You start stepping into a world of uncertainty. And it's a general fact that people will choose unhappiness over uncertainty almost all the time. Because at least it's something I know, which is yes. interesting. You know, so it's deep down, your willingness to not come to grips and face to face with the fact that there's bad things going on in your marriage is unhappiness. You know, you're just choosing unhappiness over uncertainty. Right. And on the plus side, they're saying this relationship is valuable enough mm -hmm. that we want to stay mm -hmm. in it. Exactly. So we love that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's because it's worth making it better. It's worth working through things and becoming better as a person and as, and as a couple. Yeah. So for a lot of our listeners, the problem is they're saying, well, yeah, of course, duh, I want to make it better. But every time I even bring it up, it's an ordeal. It's a brick wall or it's totally it's blasted fight. away and denied or 
not even acknowledged. Yeah, it's very frustrating, especially after years. Okay, so let's tackle this stereotypically, I guess. That's going to be the easiest way to frame this with the yeah. high desire, low desire, and I guess we'll keep it gender specific. Okay. Of, I mean, and I realize there's differences. I realize there's times where the husband is the low desire and the wife is the high desire. But for the sake of our discussion and show today, we're going to go male, high desire, female, low desire. Yes, on the next show, we'll swap roles. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've, got a, if you've got a husband that's constantly trying to improve or just increase the frequency of sex let's go with that because maybe he's just fallen it's fallen into the idea that a majority of the sex they have is just mercy sex mm-hmm. and he's tired of it and she's not into it she's tired of it i mean that's almost a universal thing is when you get right down to it most people realize when it comes to their sexual life that bad sex is not what they want right you know, it's the, but it's better than more painful rejection right but I'm, I'm thinking of the low-desire sex. I mean, the way Schnarch uh, captures this idea is the person with the low-desire oftentimes has more clarity of what's going on between them because that's why they don't want more sex. It's the person that wants more, wants more bad sex that you, you have to wonder about. <laughs> that's true. And so it's kind of like, wow. that's an interesting way to frame it. And so it kind of comes down to how do you frame what goes on? You know, what, what is actually happening between you? Is sex actually good? Yeah, is sex good and what does it mean? Right. So I'm going to speak as that low desire spouse who's hounded, whose mate comes at her frustrated, that it's just, a, of course it becomes this downward spiral if I'm always made to feel there's something wrong with me as a woman because I don't feel all opened up and enamored with this lover of mine right so i I think step number one is speak your own mate's love language find out you know if bring your masculine strength to her Mm -hmm. and so if if you know as a woman we are a little bit sensitive our strengths are our weaknesses right on our feminine energy if we're if we're sensitive and if we're vulnerable then that also means that we're more apt to be hurt and if we're going to be hurt then we're going to of course come back and protect ourselves and and those things are going to certainly block this internal affection and mm-hmm. and arousal so i i all the time these guys come at me and they say well you know, I do all this romantic stuff for her. I do this, you know, I I take her out to dinner. I do this stuff that she wants or that I'm supposed to do, and I don't get any reward. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. Yeah. If Which, I know to me, that, to me, yeah, go ahead and answer. I think I know I, where you're going. Yeah. If I know that's what you're doing, I'm not opening up exactly. to you. I'm feeling myself shrink back with everything you do because I can feel your resentment and like breath on well, my you know, neck. You, can, you can actually feel, I would guess as a woman, you would feel the manipulation. Yeah, the it's, manipulation. It's, it's largely what it is. It's this whole, yeah. I know exactly what you're doing. So I'm not buying it. Exactly. Because it's, cause it's not as simple as... Okay, well, you're not. You just need to do the right things. You know, you need to help around the house more. You need right. to take her out to dinner more. You need to be more romantic. You need to light candles. It's not that simple. 
those are steps in a in a direction. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily the right direction, but they are steps. They're they're attempts. They're great steps in the right direction. If they're yeah, if, but under, underneath it all though, strength. yeah, underneath right. it all is we're talking about attraction. Yeah, I mean we're talking about as a as a man you have to present something that's attractive to your wife to a woman. Well, yeah, and lots of times men to don't find out she's just not that into you. Yeah. Yeah, and lots of times men don't present something that's attractive. They actually they present nothing because they're doing everything they can to try to make their wife happy, which is not presenting anything. <laughs> no, it's 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 eggshells. It's 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 nice guy. It's little boy. It's it's all these other little things that go on, and you're not giving her anything solid to bump up against, to actually create and generate that attraction that happens between masculine and feminine. Right. So, so here's the question then. How, how does this guy who's at his wit's end, he's frustrated, um, which is not bringing out your sexiness. If you are frustrated and you're then taking steps in manipulation, that's just a bad energy. It's not a sexy energy. So how do you move from that into, to being your most solid masculine self? That well, can be attractive. a lot of it to me comes down to you got to move it out of the relational context and just move it into a personal global view of you as a man. Um, the idea of upping your alpha, if you will, right. of getting into things you enjoy, passions you have. If you like working with your hands and, and building something, then build something. If you like working out, work out. If you want to compete in some team or a sport event, compete. You know, it's all those different things that speak to a deeper part of you, not relational. It's more just individual. Or what are the things that you really enjoy? I mean, it's one of the most simple things I think of, and I get a lot of men that have emailed me and asked this question of how do I up my alpha, Mm -hmm. is get into a pickup sport of some sort. Go. I mean, for me, it's basketball. And I love going and competing where there's a clear-cut winner and loser. Right. (laughs) You know, because that speaks to a deeper part of us as humans. I think we know... Life is winning and losing in, in, yeah. some, in some regards. So embrace that and, and allow that passion to kind of then spill over into the other parts of your life. Well, anytime you're taking care of yourself physically, that ups your alpha right. in our eyes. Right. So, so the modern male in general, he's, his testosterone is messed up anyway from smoking and from bad diet. That's not very effective. But any time that you're making yourself stronger, and I can't agree more about competing. If you run just to get fit, compete in a 5K. Push yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, get software on your phone that tracks you so, you so you're pushing yourself to get better. And the same, you know, with us women. Do stuff that makes you more in touch with who you really are. Because a lot of your aversion now is not feeling good about yourself or not feeling good about your mate, or not feeling good about sex. Mm-hmm. So if your mate right there makes you feel like there's something wrong with you, then then you're already two strikes down. You're not feeling good about sex because it brings out what's wrong with you, and you're not feeling out good about your mate because you think they're, he's some sex-obsessed monster. So at least go strength and feeling good about yourself. So same thing, being in touch with your senses, getting... Being strong, fit, exercise, yeah. eating well. Nurture yourself. Be in touch with pleasure on a 
consistent basis. Yeah, because every one of us has dreams and different things that will stir the deeper parts of us mm-hmm. that we had when we were children or as we were growing up. And it's like, you know, hey, I've always wanted to X. You know, I've always wanted to climb a mountain. I've always wanted to finish a marathon. I've always wanted to own my own business. I've always wanted to rebuild an engine. I mean, whatever it is, yeah. that that's that right there is the key to upping more of yourself and presenting well, presenting and a more solid picture of yourself. Absolutely. If every woman wants to love a man who is strong and who's strong in himself and what is precious and powerful to a woman is if you're like this pillar of strength, the only she gets to see that vulnerable sliver of you. That's really, really arousing to mm-hmm. see how strong you are and to know, but I'm special enough to see that tender side of him. And, and that's so cool. So when you're pursuing your strongest self and you're making yourself vulnerable enough to share those dreams and visions with her and let her in there and suddenly it's not me against you, it's us together against something else, is very powerful. Right. Yeah, because that's... The whole idea of trying to just woo her when you're not attractive, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's really all it is, is it's a manipulation and a control. And so, yeah. in essence, it's a, okay, I need to pull back, not worry about the relationship as much, and worry more about me. And again, this is the delicate balancing act, because the counsel could be construed as, oh, well, you're just saying I need to just go do everything I want to do. Well, okay, fine, but there's going to be a consequence to that if you're still not then balancing it with relational and beta traits, if you will. You know, the nurturing kind of things, that the caring and the compassion kind of things that are a part of us. So you still have to do both, but you've got to, you've got to follow your own heart and, and be willing to take the hits. If that means you're away some, that means you're getting involved in other things. I can almost promise, and we've talked about this before, Gina, that as a woman, a woman wants 100% of the presence of her husband when he's with her. Right. Rather than, you know, two or three hours of 30% presence. Yeah. You know, because it's kind of like, okay, well, we're sitting in the same room together, and it's you know, we're, we're kind of acknowledging each other, but we're really not. And that's probably one of the biggest marriage killers there is, is the meaningless time people spend together rather well, especially, than, especially when one person is expecting some connection, right? You yeah. know, you go out to dinner and you're watching the TV behind your wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. It's, it's that idea of when you're with somebody, be with them. And then when you want to move on to something else, move on and be with whatever it is you're doing next so that you so that you're doing sequential tasking not multitasking well exactly and i'm trying to go back to this idea because this is true for the woman as well you know feeling great about yourself has so much to do with the fact that you're living in integrity with yourself yeah so it means that you know who you want to be and you are going after it and oh I was going to say something, but I don't know if it'll make sense. Well, here, here's, what I, here's what comes to my mind when we're talking about up in the alpha as a man and we're talking about uh, creating something that's attractive. 
mm-hmm. that one of the things I think men fall victim to is treating a woman as a sex object. That's what's created this whole new in- this whole industry, all the you know commercialization, everything. You know, mm-hmm. I was just listening to some broadcasts last week on marketing that research has shown marketing is more effective when there's cleavage involved. I know. <laughs> Lately. That's the trend. So all these companies are coming along with, how do I, you know, even reputable quote unquote companies are coming along, coming up with, okay, how can we get cleavage involved in our advertising campaigns? Because it's the most clicked thumbnails. That's right. Because it's, because it's making yeah. click throughs happen. Yeah. So with that involved, you know, that's treating women as a sex object. But I kind of believe a wife doesn't mind being treated as a sex object by a husband she's attracted to. Because there's more involved. She's not just an object. She knows there's a whole lot more going on. He's not disrespecting her. He's acknowledging her. He's pursuing her, all of her. Okay. And so let's just say that he's doing that. That that means that as a woman, I'm going to speak to the gals now. You also owe it (laughs) you owe it to your relationship to open up your heart then to be responsive a lot of times we're not going to feel aroused until we've already moved forward when we're not we respond out of affection and we respond out of out of love and we respond out of commitment and the arousal comes moments later so to to continue in a relationship when you are not feeling good about yourself it's not fair if we're going to be so wrapped up in our own insecurities that all we can do is dress frumpy and carry our head low and want to shrink from the world, that's just not fair. Right. Number one, it's not you standing in your own significance, and it makes your husband feel insignificant because you don't even care enough about being with him that you would take care of yourself. Right. Am well, I right? yeah, I think that's because the message you're sending, if you don't respect yourself, is mm-hmm. why should anybody else respect you? Why should anybody else want? You know, it's kind of that self-fulfilling prophecy of if you get somebody that's sitting there saying, I, I don't know why anybody would want to be with me. If you continue to say that over and over and over, nobody's going to want to be with you. <laughs> I mean, that's, exactly. the, that's the fact. That's just truth. It's harsh, but it's truth. And so it's, it's that idea of, I need to present something valuable because at the end of the day, whether anybody else thinks it's valuable or not, I think it's valuable. Exactly. And uh, that's, my heart, I, you know, my heart goes out to the women listening that you feel exhausted when you come home, you are, you're tired. You, there's, you're stressed. I mean, I get that. My heart goes out to to you. And so it's hard to hear that in this whole modern world and say, oh, yes, and then you're supposed to be responsive to his every need. I know it sounds really harsh, but it's for your own pleasure. Sex isn't something that we, it's not one more chore. It's not one more, you know, your husband's not one more child. You don't have to teach, treat him like he's another one of your children. And good Lord, Men, please don't act like you are. But it's something out of respect for our relationship and everything that we tune into the pleasure right. of intimacy. Okay, but let's go because you have to think of it as relational. It's not just individual too. What, what you're talking about, Gina, is exactly. the idea of because I I hear that a lot of, you know, I have four children in my home and they're including the husband in that. 
That's rude. It is, but it's also, it's not just his doing, it's her doing. You know, if you treat somebody as a parent, quote unquote, they will respond as a child. That's just the way we are, in, you know, internally in our mind. I mean, that's just transactional analysis. That's just a psychotherapy approach that there's parent-child. That's the way we talk to each other, talk to ourselves even. We have, we have parental self-talk that we're kind of sure. down on ourselves. And, we, and then we have the child self-talk where we want to whine and complain and play the victim role in a sense. And then there's the adult self-talk that's honest, that's accurate, that's objective, that's willing to be rational about things. And we go back and forth between all of those, but that also happens relationally. So <laughs> if, you, if you're a wife that's been at fault, if you will, of treating your husband as one of the children, whether he's acted as such or not, one of the best things you could do to change that and disrupt it is take him aside, in a sense, whenever it's just the two of you, after the kids are in bed or on a date or something face-to-face, and just say, look, I know I have, and just kind of own it. I know I have had times where I have treated you as the children or I've thought of you as the children, warranted or not. I'm letting you know this ends now. I'm, I'm in a marriage with an adult. There you go. Yeah, that's and, good. And just change it. And you're not expecting anything from him. You're just saying, I'm changing the rules. And I'm not necessarily changing it for you. I'm changing it for me. And then see what happens. Yeah. See what unfolds. Because that's the way you disrupt a system for something better. Yeah, that would. I, I was going to play that into next week's show about the low desire of male. But I think that... Get treated like a child. <laughs> well, Mother doesn't want sex with his mom. Yeah. Even though there's a very real theory that we marry somebody who's kind of a conglomerate of our parent. Well, yeah, that's just systems, intergenerational exactly. pro- processes of systems that so you're going to find things that make sense. <laughs> so exactly that so that just happens. Right. Yeah, that's that's not Freudian. That just happens. Even though exactly. Freud's not off on everything he thinks, but it is one of those that. What happens in a relationship is co-created, and so you can co-create something different by just taking responsibility for you. So as a woman, if you want to take it out of sex even, reframe it, and don't just look at it as sex, look at it as life, and, and reframe your own life. How are you living your own life? Because right. we talk about that all the time, Gina, of how you do sex is how you do life, and how you do life is how you do sex. So... If you are reluctant when it comes to that part of your life, you're probably reluctant to other parts of your life that you claim are important. Maybe they're not important, and you need to come to grips with that and be honest with your spouse and let them know, look, I would be fine with no sex the the rest of my entire life. Because you're selling them a bill of goods if you're acting like you are, but you're not. So, Well, there's a lot of listeners who will say, yeah, that's me. Okay. Well, then, if you live that and truly, and I don't, I believe you can change and grow to something different, but if that's truly what you want, you need to be courteous and honest and respectful enough to your family, i.e. spouse, that you're willing to say so, and then let them to make their decisions. Maybe they're willing, maybe that's a deal breaker, maybe it's not. Yeah, and you know, with all of that, I was thinking about this week, how much we need to take control of our own hormones as well. There, there's so much that comes at us um, in our wiring, in, in our moods, 
that, you know, if you're, if you're looking at your emotional state and you're saying, man, I don't get this, then explore it. Mm -hmm. See, see if as a woman, if your estrogen is low, if you're, if you're, Gosh, there's just so many. Just make sure there's nothing the... biologically wrong, because that's that's taking yeah. care of yourself. That's doing the physicals. That's the it is. checking up to make sure everything's okay. There's also a component of get enough sleep. No. You know, take care of your mind and your body, and and acknowledge the importance of adequate amount of sleep. I mean, there's lots of research that's come out now about the importance of sleep. Right. And how, as a nation. Sleep has lost respect. I know. You know, it's yeah. this whole idea of oh, I don't, I can, I can survive on five hours a night. No, you can't. Yeah, not long term, probably. Right. And remember, we've said that stress turns your what would be sex hormones into cortisol. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so instead of stress, sex hormones, you got these stress hormones. So it means making some changes and to be able to bring your best self forward and. Changing your view of sex, what it means to you. Why does it mean something so painful? Mm-hmm. And how can you ask yourself, put right on a piece of paper, write down your most empowering beliefs about yourself, about your mate, and about sex. This is our, my action step for today. Perfect. Write down, what's your most empowering belief? And then I want, and, and think about those beliefs. What good have they brought you? And then I want you to write down what's your most disempowering belief about yourself. Oh, you know, my legs are hideous because they've got cellulite. I'm fat. I'll never be sexy. I'm not good enough. All those things, whatever they are, write them down about yourself, about sex in general. Sex is gross. Sex is dirty. All your disempowering beliefs about your mate. And then just start doubting your doubts. Look at those disempowering beliefs and say, who taught me that? Right. Do I, do I still believe this? Is this still serving me? Yeah. And, See and if they're even you, accurate. Exactly. Because if, if you take some meditative time and really sort through some of the irrational thoughts we have about the various things in our life, lots of times in some clarity moments, those things will come up and you realize, wow, I'm still underneath it all believing it, but that's not at all true anymore. Exactly. That's not and at all who moment, I am. in a moment, you can change that. Absolutely. You just kind of let it go. You know, you just yeah. kind of, it's, it's gone. Yeah, I, I do believe in the power of that. So um, along with the kind of work that I do with my clients, I, I know that this kind of stuff can be overcome. Yeah. So... Emotions are a result of your thoughts and your beliefs. Yeah, the brain, so, and the way I think of it is, the brain goes where we tell it to go. I know our whole life goes where. We <laughs> it tell does. It, it to does. Go. I mean, it's so interesting because we sit there and think, "Oh, well, I'm powerless to my thoughts." Well, <laughs> you're powerless to the immediate thought of something because thus those are just indoctrinated from everything. But you can then stop them and go, "Wait, is that true? Is that accurate?" And then dismiss them. Let it go if it's not true. And move yes. on. My favorite saying on that is you cannot stop a bird from flying in the air, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. <laughs> so there we go. Perfect. I'm not too worried about it building it in my hair. <laughs> cool. Since I have none. No hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I guess to sum the whole thing up, 
it comes down to this is the, this is the litmus test I use for myself and for a lot of clients and even in the class I've been teaching lately. Would you want to be married to you? Answer that question honestly and there's your growth opportunities. Because there's yeah. part of me, when I, when I ask myself that question, there's part of me that's like, oh, yeah, I'd want to be married to me. You know, yeah, I know all these traits I've got that are just so good and magnificent okay. and masculine, masculine and blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. And then I look at other parts of me and go, no, I don't know if I'd put up with that. I don't know if I'd put up with that lazy aspect of me. I don't know if I'd put up, you know. And so that right there is actually ways to grow me. Absolutely. Ways to challenge me to be better. And that has nothing to do with my wife. That has to do with me. Yep. So would and you want to you, be married to you? And that's a great question. And when you embrace that best in yourself, you can't help but see the best in, in your mate. It brings it out. You. Yeah, it brings out the best in those around you. That's just the way it works. It's a fascination of systems Let's to me. Absolutely. So next week we'll, try, we'll be even more specific, I think. So keep working on yourself. Have a great day. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Glad you joined us. Oh, See you bye. next time.